Welcome back to the She Believe Podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Owens, and I'm so grateful you're here. Last week, we changed things up by welcoming our first male guest to the podcast, and since I had so much fun stepping out of the box, I thought, why not rock the boat again this week, but this time with a solo Q&A. As the host, I'm typically the one asking the questions, but this time it was your turn. I invited all of you on Instagram to ask whatever questions you had, and you guys did not disappoint. So many of you responded that I decided to split this episode into two chunks, and I couldn't make you wait a full week, so mark your calendars because Thursday, July 2nd, you're getting a second round of the Q&A, which means two episodes of the She Believe podcast in one week. This week, we're chatting boys and Jesus, and if you make it through the full episode today, you'll get a hint as to Thursday's topics. So let's not wait any longer. Let's start answering those questions. Hi there, I'm Caroline, a recent college grad and your new personal cheerleader. The She Believe podcast is our time to chat as friends and dig deep into the real stuff. I'm here to let you know someone's in your corner and share truth that will help you become more fully who God has created you to be. Thanks for joining the conversation. You are always welcome. All right, let me give you a quick rundown of how this episode is going to work. I have a list of questions in front of me, and I'm just going to go right down the line. I'll answer each question, and all the answers are going to vary slightly in length. I'm just going to answer them um, quickly, and when I feel like I've adequately answered it, I'll move on to the next. But hey, if you hear a question or a topic that you'd like to learn more about, or you want me to expand upon in another episode, or maybe even you would like me to bring someone on to talk about it, jot it down and shoot me a direct message. I'd love to know so I can record a more in-depth episode in the future because these answers are going to be kind of short and quick so we can get through a bunch of different questions. Ooh, okay. I'm kind of nervous, but I'm really excited. So let's jump into the first question. Our first category is going to be boys and we are starting out with a hard hitter. So the first question is how to tell a guy I'm dating that I'm saving sex for marriage. In point blank, simple, I think this needs to be a discussion that you have before you start dating. And I'm not saying like this needs to be a question you ask on the first date, but I think it is something so important before you have that official title boyfriend and girlfriend that you set your boundaries, that you make it clear that your intention is that you are saving sex for marriage and that that's important to you and that's not something that's going to change because And you have to make sure too, I think really important to note that the boy is real and honest that he's good to support you. And maybe he hasn't made that decision in the past and like that's going to be okay um, if he's willing to recommit and he's serious about staying true for that and respects that and wants to stand beside you in that, then awesome. Um, We can all be forgiven and start new and start fresh. But I think how to approach that conversation is you just be real and you be honest and you say, hey, this is really important to me. I'm saving myself for marriage Um, because you don't want to get into a relationship. Maybe you really like this guy and then it becomes a problem down the road. So I think having that conversation before you become official is really important, even the second, third date into um, that dating experience. Okay, second, what do I think about dating a non-Catholic? So I think this is always a tricky conversation, but I really go back to thinking about my parents. So my mom started dating my dad and he was Lutheran and my mom was Catholic. And to me, I was always like, oh gosh, I could never date a guy that's not Catholic. Like that's the most important thing to me. But I don't think it's so much about dating someone that's Catholic. I think it's dating someone that respects your religion, that respects your relationship with God, and that's going to encourage you and motivate you in that. I follow some really great people on social media that yeah, emulate this really beautifully. And 
hopefully when your spouse comes to see the beauty of the Catholic Church and they go to Mass with you, that they'll come to see the beauty of the Church and of Christ and desire that relationship for themselves. Like you never want to be the one to force it on them. But I think we need to be open to dating people of all um, denominations because it is beautiful. We don't want to flirt to convert, but it is beautiful to welcome other people into the church. Okay, three, have I always known my vocation was marriage? No, 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 no. (laughs) I have cried a lot in high school because I was so afraid I was going to become a nun. I just like always had this fear because I always loved Jesus and I just always felt more religious than my peers. And so I was just terrified that I was going to become a nun. I did have an experience, which I can share on a later date, um, in my early years of college where I just felt like God made it very clear that my vocation was marriage. But I think discernment is a very real thing and it's a long thing. I think that's something people don't tell you. Um, I actually shared this in last week's episode with Ryan about a situation where a priest told me, hey, like maybe you don't need to know your vocation right now and that's okay. So I just want to offer that advice. If you feel nervous or you feel unsure what your vocation is, just trust that God will reveal that in his time. Okay, we're moving fast. Okay, how do you remind yourself that the guy for you is out there? So I think this is a really hard one, especially if you have been single for a really long time, or maybe if you haven't had a boyfriend at all, or maybe if you've had a bad dating experience. So I think what's really important is first that mindset of dating and men and just a partner in general, and that no one is going to complete you, that God is the only man who will ever completely know you and love you perfectly. And so not looking for someone to fill you or to complete you, but knowing that you want someone that is going to help you run that race to heaven. So as far as reminding yourself that someone's out there, I think just prayer and asking for comfort for God and also putting yourself out there and meeting men and making friends with guys. We talked last week again about how to have those great, healthy relationships with guys. Um, And for me, especially, it's when I've had encounters with really great holy men that even if I don't look at them thinking like, oh, this would be a great husband, I'm just reminded like, all right, God, there is good holy men out there that are pursuing a relationship with you. And I know in due time, you'll bring someone great. So along with that, we have advice for girls struggling with singleness. And on a similar note, I think again, just changing that perspective of just because you're single doesn't make you worth any less than the girl that's been in a relationship. Like I'm at a point in my life where I am a bridesmaid in four weddings and there's a lot of women out there that would feel like, oh, I'm always the bridesmaid and never the bride. And it it is easy. I'll be honest, like that thought comes into my mind, but immediately as that comes in, I have to remind myself like how grateful I am for the season of life I am and how grateful I am for my friends and the wonderful spouses that they're going to have. Um, and just remind myself that like God has me in this season for a reason. And so if you're struggling with um, with singleness, especially like ask God to reveal to you, like, why are you single right now? Like, what is it that you can be working on? Why does he have you in this space by yourself? Like, how can you be loving and serving other people in this season of singleness that you wouldn't be able to if you were in a committed relationship? I also have a really great episode about the ache of singleness um, back in February. So definitely check that out for a more in-depth answer. Okay, this one's kind of fun. Thoughts on dating apps. I personally am not a huge fan on dating apps like Tinder and Bumble and like that just is like a no-go for me. I do know a couple people have dated from those apps and gotten married. I'm not going to sit here and promote it. Catholic Match, I know great people that I've met 
wonderful men and women on Catholic Match. So, hey, go go for it. I'll be honest. I, I did sign up because I was influenced by someone. And so I was like, hey, maybe I'll try it. But that lasted about a week before I got off. So I think it just depends. And I think it depends on, once again, that season that you're in. If maybe you feel like there's not a lot of good men around you, I think it is a great opportunity. And I've made a lot of really great female friends from the internet. So why can't you find your husband? So, hey, go ahead. That's yeah, coming next is we're going to meet Catholic men. And I hate this question because I ask it all the time and anywhere. The answer is anywhere. You can meet Catholic men anywhere. Obvious answer is church. If you want to join a Bible study or a um, young adult group, like that is probably going to be your best bet. Um, just putting yourself out there, inviting people over to your house. Some really great advice I once had was if you go to maybe like a theology on tap or you go to a Bible study and you're there and there's like guys and girls there and you meet the guys and you're like, and eh, these people aren't great. Or maybe it's just an all girl event and you're like, okay, I'm trying to meet a husband. I need to be around men, not just women. You never know like the relationships that you'll build from the people that you're encountering and like how each encounter is so important. Like you may befriend a woman in an all women's Bible study who has an older brother and she sets you up or with a friend, you know, so just never discount that and never... Yeah, just always know that God can use any situation and he'll bring the right men into your life when it is the time. So next question, any advice on how to stop your mind from fantasizing and being boy crazed so much? So I think all the previous answers kind of go along with this, but it's just so important to remember that men are not going to complete us ladies like we are beautiful. We are beloved without men. And I know that's harder because society just tells us so many different lies in that aspect as aspect goodness um, um but advice practical advice on how to stop i think one is when you start to think a lot about a guy or maybe you have a crush on a guy and you think about him a lot every time maybe he pops into your head instead of letting your mind go somewhere or maybe you are dating someone and you just can't stop thinking about marriage like stop in that moment and pray for him offer up the relationship to god and just say lord let your will be done and just realize that yeah, every relationship that we have in our life is a gift. We are not in possession of any of those things, all of those things God has given to us. And so it's so important, A, that we thank him for that, but two, that we offer that back to him in Thanksgiving. And it also just makes it a lot easier if those things do end, then we know that God has something else for us and it was never ours. It was always a gift. And so he can take that back. Okay, we are flying by with the voice questions. So our last question regarding the guys is, have you ever written letters to your future husband? What are your thoughts on it? So this one kind of made me chuckle because this was a huge thing at my parish in high school. And I'm going to be honest, like, I'm not speaking for everyone out here. I'm speaking on behalf of myself, but I am just not a fan. I never jumped on the bandwagon of writing letters to your future husband. Now, I know many women, like disclaimer, I know many women that have done it. They've loved it. They've given the letters to their future husbands and it's been beautiful. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying people shouldn't do it. But especially for me, as I said earlier in high school, I really struggled with what is my vocation. I felt really anxious about it. And so to me, writing letters to a man that I didn't know, it it really goes back to fantasizing that relationship. And it made me put so much more pressure on finding a husband and a spouse than on focusing on my relationship with God. And so I think it's really circumstantial. I think it's important to look at what your intentions are behind writing letters to your future husband. Um, I think it can be a beautiful way to just 
pray for them. And I think that is really important to begin praying for your future husband or just to begin praying for your vocation. Like I know my mom prays for us a lot with that. Um, So I think that's beautiful, but I think you just have to be aware as of anything with your intention. Ooh, okay. So that is all we got on boys. Now, again, if any of those topics kind of sparked something or you want to know more or you're curious, shoot me a DM. If you know someone that you think would be great talking on one of those subjects, let me know their handle or their name, email, whatever. I'd love to chat with them. But we are going to be moving into our religious category. So this kind of spans a lot of things, but this is going to be the last couple of questions that we answer before next week's episode. So to begin us, we are talking about how did you hold to your faith when it was hard? What kept you going? And I love this question because I want to be so real with you guys, because as a faith um, podcaster and social media influencer, like it's really easy to put out there my beautiful prayer life when it looks good, when I'm going to the beautiful churches and for you guys to think that my prayer life is always perfect. And that is just not the case whatsoever. Um, There's definitely times when it's really hard to pray and when I feel very unmotivated and when I have no words to say. And I try really hard to convey that to you guys on social media, but it's not always easy. Um, So how do I hold to my faith when it's hard is I think what's been really important for me is changing things up and to just start small again. That even if I was spending an hour a day in prayer and then I get into this rut where things are just really hard, I don't force myself back into that hour. I just say, all right, five minutes, I wake up and I say a prayer or I pray and journal before I go to bed or I read scripture in the middle of the afternoon. Like just changing things up and starting small and building up again, like that is so okay. Um, And I think too, one, biggest recommendation is receive the sacrament of reconciliation. I feel like when my faith is really hard or I just don't want to pray and I go to reconciliation, I walk out and I'm like, whoa, like I feel physically different and my heart and my soul feels different. And then it's just so much easier to pray. So we never know what that barrier is there. Sometimes we we lose sight of that. So I think going to reconciliation is a beautiful way to get kickstart your faith once again. Next question. I love this. What is your favorite chapel? So I don't really know exactly what this means, but my answer, I kind of have two. One is my church at home. We have a perpetual adoration chapel, which is just absolutely beautiful. And I would just spend a lot of time there growing up and in high school and even now. But I also just really love like our little side chapel that held our tabernacle at my campus in college. And there's just like so many times that I just remember being there in prayer of like just complete joy and gratitude, but also some of like the lowest, saddest points in my life. I just remember sitting there on the floor and crying and like asking God why. And I just like think back to how special that place is and how profound God spoke to me in those moments in that place. And yeah, it's just will always hold a really special place in my heart. Actually, one of the lovely ladies that followed me, um, drew me a photo of it. It was really beautiful. She gave it to me as a gift. Okay, next question. I love this one because I think this is just like sometimes really misunderstood by Catholics. And it says, what do I think about non-denominational Christians? And I thought this was a really interesting question. I almost didn't answer it because I was like, what does that mean? Like, of course I like them. Like, we should like everyone. And like, what do I think about them? Um, As someone who in high school had a lot of non-denominational friends, non-denominational Christian friends, Um, I really have been inspired by them and I have been convicted even more in my faith life, even some of the great women I've met in college to dive more into my Catholic faith and to really ask myself some of those questions of when we'd have really honest conversations about Mary and about the Eucharist, like 
and I didn't have the answers, it would challenge me to go and learn more. And as a cradle Catholic, I, I didn't know some of those things. Like I was just taught from birth and I never really asked questions. Like it all kind of just made sense, but I didn't know how to share that with others. And so I think it's really beautiful to be friends with non-denominational Christians because they have the opportunity to inspire us and we have the opportunity to teach them and show them the beauty of the Catholic faith. And so I think they're wonderful. I, I think they're great. Um, yeah, that's my answer to that question. All right, next one. How did I deal with the sadness of not being able to go to mass during quarantine? And when I read this, I was like, sadness, I was like, I would not really describe sadness of how I felt. I felt like this deep longing of, I just really wanted to receive the Eucharist. Um, but really during quarantine, it was really beautiful because my family would gather together for mass and we would just watch it together and then have brunch afterwards. And and it was weird. Like we were sitting in our living room and even we did the Easter vigil in our living room. And that was just a bizarre experience. I don't know if anybody else did that, but it also was just like such this beautiful time for my family. And at the beginning, before they started live streaming masses, we would like sit at our dining room table and like my mom printed off these booklets and we would pray for them together and and it was just always really beautiful we would spray the holy water and it just felt really intimate and beautiful to be praying as a family again um and we just had a really wonderful priest who would bring us communion so we were very spoiled but yeah i think just too is an opportunity to just remember how grateful we are and how we should never take the sacraments for granted all right so any tips for getting re-motivated to pray So we kind of covered this earlier, but I would say change it up, start small, and always remember that like, yeah, there's, there's never going to be an end until we get to heaven. Like we can always learn, we can always improve. Um, So don't be discouraged. Don't try to do it all in one day or one week or try to do some crazy challenge. Like know that um, even in the small things, God sees you. Um, How to stay encouraged to be Catholic with less fellowship than non-denominational Christianity. So we cover non-denominational Christians a little bit, but I think it's so important to have those Catholic friends. Like it is going to be essential to have community that you're able to receive the sacraments with, that you're able to be challenged by, that you're able to have accountability partners with. And so really seeking out that community and and maybe you're going to have to go far. Maybe you're going to have to go online. But you need to find those people and maybe they're a little bit older and they can enter you or maybe they're your same age, but really just challenging yourself. And maybe if they don't seem like someone you would naturally be friends with, that's okay. Step out of your box um, and allow the Holy Spirit to work in those friendships. Okay, last two questions. So I have confirmation saint and why. So I chose Saint Mary de Rosa, which you're probably like, I have no idea who that is. And that is exactly why I chose her. I was like, no one knows this girl who is. There's not a lot of information about her out there. And so I was like, she's going to pray for me more because a lot of people aren't praying for her. And she also started a school for... I believe it was like a school for young women and was just really passionate about serving young women. And that is something that I've always felt very drawn to. And you can even see now in my ministry um, since a very young age, I never knew how that was going to work, but I was just really inspired by that and wanted her to be my intercessor. And then my last question is just makes me chuckle is, have you ever gotten roses from St. Therese? And I feel like this could be a whole episode on its own, the St. Therese Novena, because the answer is yes, many, many times. And it's really easy to get sucked into this novena. If you have ever done it, you know what I mean. You pray and you get the roses from St. Therese and you're like, oh my gosh, my answer, my prayer is answered exactly how I wanted to. And then it doesn't end up that way. And you're like, hmm, misread that one. (laughs) My sister and I joke about St. Therese roses all the time. It's hard to see roses. (laughs) But 
I think that's a story for another time, but if you don't know about it, definitely go check out the St. Therese Novena online. Woo! All right, guys, that was so fun. Thank you again to everyone that submitted questions. Just a reminder, if you aren't already a part of the Chic Believed community on Instagram, I'd love for you to join at Caroline Rose Owens. Always feel free to shoot me a DM with any questions or comments about life or the podcast. If I don't respond right away, don't worry, I will always get back to you. And whether you're a new listener or have been here from the beginning, could you please leave a rating and review? It's so helpful to see how all of you are responding to the show. And it also helps other women find our community. And that helps them be inspired and equipped to live more fully into who they're created to be, which is my whole mission for this podcast. So thank you in advance for taking just a couple of minutes to do that. And lastly, this is your reminder that we have a follow-up episode launching on Thursday, and we'll be starting with the question, how did you go for the idea of your podcast and social media? So if you've ever wanted to begin a blog or a podcast or anything of that sort, you'll definitely want to tune in. But until then, thanks for chatting with me today. I hope you have a beautiful day. Bye, friends.